Thanks for joining us for another full-length message from Matt Spinks and the Firehouse Projects. Our heart is for all who hear to be overjoyed at the experience of their permanent union with God and Jesus Christ. We bless you in His bliss. If this message blesses you, please consider sharing it and or donating at thefirehouseprojects.com where you can find more free resources, upcoming event info, and links to monthly partnership or one-time giving toward Matt and Katie's ministry. Thanks again and enjoy the good news. What's up, guys? Um, welcome back to another Reformation Restolution chat. I think this is the ninth one of our series that we've been doing this year. Uh, just kind of going through uh, what are some marks of this Reformation that we're in, this Restolution, um, which to me is kind of the same thing. It's uh, it's always been a Jesus revolution. That's put us at rest in the glory. And uh, the church has just been waking up to that. And that's kind of the reformation is that we're waking up continuously to how much we have in Christ, to the goodness of this gospel, um, to the fullness of this good news. That we are in him, that he is in us, that we are in this happy family of the Trinity. Shing ding ding. And so, yeah, it's the greatest news that humanity has ever heard, far beyond anything we could ask, imagine, or think up ourselves. Um, if we would have thought this up, we would have thought of something way uh, more sober, way more boring. Uh, nothing close to this joy, this amount of love, um, this amount of redemption, and this kind and gracious and... Uh, so it's so good. Um, we covered some of that stuff in the previous sessions. So these are uh, live on YouTube, on Facebook, and then it goes to our podcasts as well afterwards, which you can find on all the podcasting platforms if you just look up the Firehouse Projects podcast or Matt and Katie Spinks uh, podcast. You can find those on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever. Um, but it's been so exciting just, you know, you know, I've been inspired to do this series just to kind of remind us that like we didn't start the fire and this isn't something that we're maintaining, but this is really what Holy Spirit is doing in the earth. Um, what Abba, Jesus and Holy Spirit initiated and is already happening in so many different places. You know, I don't know about you, but when I started to hear this message, it was more rare than it is now. You know, when I started to get whacked, it was more rare than it is now. And uh, this Trinitarian, uh, inclusive, finished work, greasy grace, hammered drunk gospel is popping up in lots of different places. And so I'm just so encouraged. It doesn't depend on our abilities to even maintain this thing. You know, sometimes as missionaries, we we try to put the burden on ourselves. If Well, if they aren't sent, you know, how will they hear? And as if the Great Commission is all on our shoulders. But um, Jesus won't even let us screw that up. So, hallelujah. (laughs) 
we're just identifying, we're just noticing what God is doing and joining in and participating in that. And so, whoa, that puts me at rest. That allows me to have a lot of fun in the midst of it. Shing, ding, ding. Um, not that our part to play isn't important, but we are not the saviors of the world. Hallelujah. Whoa. <laughs> hey, some of you need to hear that tonight. You are not the savior of the world. This does not depend on your efforts, your uh, abilities. We're merely kids playing in our papa's play, uh, our papa's workshop with him, and he's just brought us along for the joy and uh, the pleasure of communion. Hmm. Yeah. So anyway, tonight I wanted to talk about our identity in Christ. Yay. Um, honored to have some of y'all tuning in here. I see you guys on the live. Uh, it's awesome. We're going to talk about identity. And uh, really, there's kind of the, in that phrase, identity in Christ, there's there's identity and there's in Christ. And I want to talk about kind of both of those um, and uh, and just walk us through this, you know, because a person that knows who they are is powerful. Um, I'm convinced that that is where so much of our life springs from, you know, we've been covering that in these sessions that, um, like Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Um, the truth is true before you believe it. Thank you, Lord. You're all, it's already finished. You're already complete in Christ. You're already whacked. You're already saved. You're already sealed, delivered, fire baptized, seated in heavenly places with Christ. Um, but as we come to know that truth, we feel free. As we come to rest in that truth, we feel the fruit of it. We experience the life of what's already there. And so we're not making this true. We're coming to rest in it. And um, so tonight we're going to talk about identity in Christ. And uh, I believe there's so much fruit that just comes from knowing who we are, from knowing this truth, you know. And uh, really so much of discipleship is really just about coming to rest in who we already are. Um, I'm just, I've just been praying for the last several years that the Lord would release a, a real sense of security within us, a sense of security in who we are. And that's when so much of the fruit flows, when we're secure. You know, we were just talking about this in our house fellowship, in our fellowship community this week. Like the fruit that begins to pop as we, we become atmosphere shifters, you know, where, wherever we go, we begin to impact things when we uh, aren't dictated by the circumstances or even other people's atmospheres or other or the lies because we're so secure in Papa, so secure in Jesus and Holy Spirit in this relationship and secure in who we are. We're satisfied in who we are. We're not just trying to become somebody else. Um, then we we are the ones that then begin to release that atmosphere because uh, we're not, you know, tossed to and fro, um, safe and secure, <laughs> as we say, we're safe and secure. Thank you, Lord. And it's a big deal. It's a it's a big, big deal, man. I, I would almost go to say that insecurity in who we are is the source of every problem, of every issue in this world. And so as we can rest secure in Papa's arms, whoa, there's a lot of fruit that pops, so... Hmm. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Confidence, confidence in Christ. So I just want to go over a few things tonight. Um, I mean, I guess even as we start, you know, maybe just ask yourself tonight, like, what are some of the areas of your identity that you're not resting yet in, that you that you're not resting secure in, you know, because um, a lot of this will be review for you tonight, but I, I just want to remind us like to lean back again and to know that we are enough, that we are complete, to know that our identity is is coming from Jesus himself. So as we go over some of these things, you know, I just believe Holy Spirit's going to be speaking to us tonight, reminding us of places where we can rest more fully in our true identity um, areas where we've been trying to become, we'll realize that we already are, you know, whoa, I think that's so big. If you don't get anything else tonight, it's, you know, the finished work, the gospel brings us from trying to become into the reality that we already are. Hey, 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 Woo. what is that thing that you felt like you needed to improve in? You already are that. You already have that in him. Um, what is that area where you felt like when you compare yourself, you know, you don't measure up? Realize you already have that in him. So let's get into some scriptures. I love the Bible. Shiga digga digga digga. Just take a huff off your Bible for a second. Genesis 1.26. The beginning is a good place to start. You know what I mean? Um, this truth started from the very beginning. In Genesis 1.26, it says, Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image after our likeness. Whoa. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Let them have dominion and over all these different creatures. And verse 27 says, So God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Whoa. So right out of the gate, we start in the image and likeness of God. Whoa. What does that mean? What does that even mean? Do we have any idea? that we are already in the image and likeness of God that we were from the beginning and that Jesus has fully redeemed, restored, saved us back into that state fully so that by the time we get to the book of 1 John, I love John the apostle leaning on the breast of Jesus, had some heavy revy. He said, uh, and this is from the Phillips translation, I love it. He says, oh dear children of mine, have you realized it? Here and now, we are God's children. We don't know what we shall be in the future. We only know that if reality were to break through, we should reflect his likeness, for we would see him as he really is. I like that Phillips translation. We don't know what's going to happen in the future, but we do know that in the here and now, we are God's children. And he says, we only know that if reality were to break through, we would reflect his very likeness, seeing him as he is. Ooh. I like that translation because some of them make it sound like, you know, there's this great thing that's going to happen up in the future. And some translations, you know, they'll emphasize whatever they had the revelation on at that time. But in the Phillips, it just talks about 
you know, reality breaking through. And I love that. Even, you know, the book of Revelation, we all think it's about this future thing, but what if it was just the revelation of Jesus Christ, the revealing of Jesus? And uh, we know that Jesus is already in us. The point is, at the revelation of Jesus, when we see Jesus as he is, and, uh, you know, actually, let me just jump ahead to uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that... Uh, it is given to us all alike to catch the glory of the Lord as in a mirror with faces unveiled that we become transfigured in the same likeness, borrowing glory from that glory as the Spirit of the Lord enables us. I like that translation. You know, it's from Jesus' glory, uh, you know, reflecting or even uh, passing through us as a vessel, as, as members of the body of Christ. We are literally conduits of Jesus himself um, or reflections of Jesus himself in the image and the likeness of Jesus. Uh, oftentimes that passage is spoken of like in, you know, in so many parts of Christendom as if we're growing from glory to glory. But the reality is, uh, and I like it, that that's the Knox translation I was reading out of 2 Corinthians 3. Um, whoa, it says... Uh, uh, we're catching the glory of the Lord as in a mirror, or reflecting the glory of the Lord. We're seeing the glory of the Lord as our faces are unveiled, transfigured in the same likeness from... So the reality that it's communicated there, and you can study this passage more in depth, but it's not about uh, growth or ever-increasing glory, but it's His glory um, is what gives us glory. So it's like from glory to glory means from God's glory into our glory, which we're really seamlessly one. And so it's just this passing through of, you know, of glory, uh, if that makes sense. You know, shing, ding, ding. Meaning there's a whole lot of glory on you, in you, passing through you right now, you know. So anyway, I mean, so we're talking about our identity in Christ tonight. Shing, ding, ding. And I'd say this is a massive part of the restolution, of the reformation that's been happening in these last generations. Um, you know, to be honest, the church has been known for years uh, as a people that kind of have a low self-worth. You know, if you, if you talk to just random people in the world, they'll tell you, especially, you know, a lot of the more mainliners, you know, the Catholics, they always kind of have this guilt complex we're always kind of guilty, broken. Um, so many Christians are brought up with this low self-worth or this low, this, our identity. We think, you know, we've had such a distinction between creator and creature that we put God way up here. And, and we think, you know, we use phrases like he must increase and I must decrease, you know, um, I, I am a worm and no longer a man, you know. And we, and so many of us end up with this, this idea of ourselves, which is so, you know, weak, broken. In fact, that's even the terms we'll often use when we speak of being a human. You know, I'm just a weak, broken, imperfect, you know, human. Um, I even grew up in the church that I grew up in. Every Sunday, we would say, we would confess this. We would say, I, a poor, miserable sinner. <laughs> like literally that would be the very first thing. Whenever we would talk about ourselves in church, we would say, I, so there's, here's an identity phrase. And the first identity phrase we would say is, 
poor, miserable sinner. <laughs> How far we've come, guys. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> um, and yeah, there's just there's so much of that that's been inundated in Christianity, but not in true Christianity, right? It's not biblical. Yes, um, you know, uh, the Bible says, apart from you, I can do nothing. Um, you know, what is it? Psalm 16 says, um, apart from you, I have no good thing. Uh, but maybe we miss the memo that we are not apart from him. <laughs> maybe we forgot that reality. Um, yes, if we're living in independent self-existence, sure, we would be a poor, miserable sinner. Um, you know, Matt Nichols commenting in there, good comments on that I must decrease, you must increase thing. Yep, yep. There's there's so much, you know, um, really just, you know, lies that have crept in and affected our interpretation of Scripture. And uh, we've, you know, in our, in our idea of wanting to make God seem so great, we thought that for some reason we needed to degrade ourselves, you know. And, uh, but I thank God that that's been changing over these last years. And I want to recognize that, you know, it's fun to sit and just recognize that Holy Spirit has brought us a long way. It's a, it's amazing to, you know, because there's a lot of people, in fact, I even find this as people get older, or sometimes they become more and more jaded about this next generation, you know, they're not as good as the previous generations, you know. But think about where the church has come over these last several hundred years. Yeah, there are some things that we have forgotten. There are some things we need to revisit, which is why I love the fact that, you know, so many of us are getting back into the creeds and like the early church and the fathers and mothers of the faith. Um, but also, you know, we haven't, the world's not going to hell in a handbasket. I thank God that the cross was successful. We are in a whole new world and Holy Spirit is doing her job well, waking the world up. Um, and so we've been kind of pointing out some of those in this series. And I just want to point that out today that we are realizing that we're not just lowly, miserable, poor worms. Um, and I want to encourage you even more, guys. I, I, I just feel like, man, let's stare at some of these scriptures. Let's stare at Jesus knowing that he is our mirror. That's why I love Francois and the mirror work that he's doing pointing out the fact that uh, our, you know, as the image and likeness reflecting the glory as in a mirror, um, man, it's massive. It's, it is massive who you are right now. And the church is waking up to that. So thank you, Jesus. Let's look at a few more and then maybe we'll go a little bit more in depth here. A few more scriptures. I'm going to read one out of the mirror. This is a the, the next book that I'm working on right now, which I'm excited about, I'm calling uh, God's Perfect Masterpiece. I believe that's that's the working title I have right now. And it's based on Ephesians 2.10. Um, and I'll read it here in the mirror. But it says, uh, uh, Ephesians 2.10, the mirror Bible with the commentary says, We are engineered by his design. He molded and manufactured us in Christ. We are his workmanship, his poetry. God finds inspired expression of Christ in us, in the Greek poema. We are fully fit to do good, equipped to give attractive evidence of his likeness in us in everything we do. Attractive evidence of his likeness. Oh, ding, 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 ding. Just say, I am the attractive evidence of Christ. <laughs> 
Um, God has done everything possible to find spontaneous and effortless expression of his character in us in our everyday lifestyle. Whoa, in you. You're God's poem, God, God's masterpiece. Um, he has done everything possible to find spontaneous and effortless expression of his character in you, in your everyday life. Uh, in the Greek, proitoimatso, God has prepared a highway for us to lead us out like kings. Just like in the Oriental custom where people would go before a king to level the roads to make it possible for the king to journey with ease and comfort. The Lord has gone before you preparing the way that you would ride out like the royalty that you are. Ooh, that you would That's your life now. Riding out like a, like a king, a queen on the journey with ease and comfort. Oh, it's scandalous. It's scandalous, for, especially for those of us that grew up in Christianity. <laughs> oh, you are not the lowly, weak, and broken, struggling, just waiting for death so God can give you good stuff. You are, <laughs> oh, you are equipped to give attractive evidence of his likeness in everything you do. He has done everything possible to find spontaneous and effortless expression in your everyday life being led forth like royalty with level roads ahead of you to journey with ease and comfort. Oh. Oh. Put it in your pipe. Shing, ding, ding. In the New Jerusalem Bible, it says it much more simply. It simply says, we are God's work of art created in Christ Jesus. Shing, ding, ding. We are God's work of art. Um, there's a couple other translations that say, you are God's masterpiece. And, uh, and really, you know, in the book that I'm writing, that's what I'm kind of focusing on is uh, that this new creation of humanity and divinity united in Christ which is our whole new world, which is, is what defines us now, is the masterpiece of God. This new creation, which 2 Corinthians 5 says, the old is gone, the new has already come, behold, is God's masterpiece. This is the great, like, for us to think less of ourselves, you know, and, and I was talking about this Tuesday night in our home fellowship group, but we say phrases like, well, I'm only human, you know, yeah, I'm only God's masterpiece. The greatest thing that God's ever created. <laughs> like just, yeah, whoa, think of it that way. Whenever someone says, I'm only human again, think of it meaning I'm only the greatest thing that God has ever done. Ooh, the greatest thing that God has ever made, which is truly the expression of Jesus Christ, you know, the, the son and our, our divinity, our sonship is sourced in him which is actually good news. You know, we don't have our own independent sonship, our own independent, you know, uh, divinity. Um, but we have uh, this source, this treasure in jars of clay, which is not dependent on us. It, you know, our glory is maintained because our glory is dependent upon Jesus. The glory that we have as sons and daughters of God in the beloved son and daughter of God, the begotten of God, uh, cannot be stopped because it is, you know, 
The only way to stop it would be for Jesus to cease to exist. It's fully dependent upon him. And so this is what it means for not just to have our identity, but for our identity to be in Christ. See, our identity is not dependent. This is this is the huge jump for a lot of us because, and I want to encourage us tonight, like, Watch the language that you're using and the thoughts that you're using. So many of our language and our thoughts regarding identity is we base it on our behavior, what we've done, um, how we've performed this week, or maybe some idea resting on whatever. But what if you just allowed it to rest on what's true about Jesus is the truth about me now. You know, his, his truth, his identity the fact that Jesus exists means my identity is secure. It doesn't change. It can't change because he is my reference now, you know? So anyway, my God, my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is where real fruit is born. You know, I was talking about, talked about this the other night in our, in our uh, community that uh, fake fruit is born out of trying to become but real fruit is born from simply being, you know, um, in so much of the church, we're trying to produce results. We're trying to produce something, you know, but all you can do in your own strength of trying to become something is produce fake plastic fruit, which may look good on the outside, but has no sustenance. It has no, you know, Jesus said, um, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain um, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you, that we have lasting fruit. And lasting fruit, you know, like a fruit tree, doesn't come by the tree trying to produce it, but simply being itself produces fruit that remains, fruit that's uh, juicy and, and delicious and life-giving from simply being instead of trying to become. And so... You know, that's one of the reasons why I love talking about identity. And I think so much of this is about identity, 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 uh, because that's where the fruit is, man, the lasting fruit. Um, you know, we could even, you know, relate that to like the parable of the prodigal son, which in reality, both sons in that parable were, were prodigal in a way. You know, one was prodigal. Uh, by running out and, and trying to leave the father's house and find something else. But the other was prodigal right inside the father's house, neither realizing who they were, neither realizing their identity. Um, you know, and, re, and you find that and the elder brother kind of represents religion and the younger brother kind of representing rebellion. Both are rooted out of not knowing who they are. When you know who you are, you don't become religious trying to become something by being good or rebellious trying to avoid all that stuff by just, you know, doing bad or whatever, but you're enabled to bear real fruit. Um, I was just reading this earlier today, just struck again, Luke 15, 31, the father says to, to him, he said, Luke 15, 31 says, he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. Whoa. And I love it. He just starts out with identity. He says, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. And I think in our identity, that's that's exactly where we can rest. You know, I'm I'm your child. 
Um, I'm always with you. I'm one with you. And all that is of the Father's is ours. Whoa, like what, what crazy <laughs> reality. What incredible reality. Oh, man. Shing ding ding. So, so yeah, let's, let's just talk about the, you know, some of the details then, I guess, of this identity. You know, it's fun to actually get into the meat of this. Um, shing ding ding. Our, so, so you can think of identity as, as nature and character, right? When we think about who God is, we talk about nature and character. We think about ourselves. We think about what is our nature? What is the essence of my being, right? Um, there's so much talk about identity right now, even in, even in culture, right? Um, people think their identity a lot of times is, is, you know, related to what they do with their sexual parts or their sexual urges or something, you know, um, we, we identify oftentimes with what we do with our jobs, with our, with what makes us money, what, um, our performance and our abilities and all that. But what, there's something so much deeper, right? We all know that there's something deeper about us, you know, and um, I think ultimately, and as we've covered this several times, but uh, the deepest part of our identity is as a child of God, um, is as a son or a daughter of God. And that is so massive. I, I just, you know, I want us to, to contemplate again what it means to be a son or a daughter, daughter, um, <laughs> what it means to, to be God's child. That's why they wanted to kill Jesus, right? Um, because he, they said, we want to crucify you because you claim to be a son of God. And we throw that phrase around all the time. But, um, you know, to be of the exact same order and species of God, um, to be literally of the divine nature. And I know you know, it makes a lot of us uncomfortable. Of course, we're not saying that we're God's independent from God, but Jesus himself in John chapter 10 said, you are Theos. In the Greek, it says Theos, like ye, ye are Theos. John 10, was it like 36 or somewhere around there? Um, I didn't put that verse in my notes. I can't quite remember. Uh, somewhere in John 10, 34, 37, but um, you are Theos. I mean, we are of that order and of that species, which has always so scandalized us. And even the Jews knew it was such a massive thing to have that as a part of our identity. Um, even to be human, like I was saying earlier, you know, uh, Jesus identified with us. Jesus became a man forever. He called himself the son of man. He was also the son of God. And uh, Jesus standing as the vicarious man, as one of us, um, you know, dignifying humanity, declaring that being a human is a massive deal as well. And so, you know, I think within in the new creation, those lines even get, you know, blurry, like what it means for us to be uh, this new creation um, is, is massive. You know, uh, Hebrews 2.10 says he, uh, Jesus brought many sons to glory. Romans 8 says that Jesus was the firstborn among many brethren. You know, we see in him, like we were talking about, reflected, um, transfigured into the same likeness. And so, you know, ah, man, I mean, there's just so much to contemplate there, you know. Uh, 
Uh, obviously, death has never been a part of us. You know that death is not a part of our identity. Decay is not a part of our identity. Um, sin is not a part of our identity. Can you know what do you see in Jesus? You know, in his nature and character. Um, we we'll talk about character in a minute, but just in in the nature of Jesus Christ, you know, uh, these are the things that we get to see reflected and really to to feel about ourselves. Um, shaka waka waka, yeah, so massive. Um, let, let's look at character as well, man. Um, I mean, with, with nature, we could go back to all kinds of different analogies as well. You know, bri the bride analogy, we can, um, we can talk about child, we can talk about royalty. Uh, there's so much in there. So massive just to even contemplate any one of those. I love going into the character stuff too, because sometimes we can, we can trust that, okay, you know, I'm this supernatural being, you know, I'm whatever. Um, but then it, it sounds so esoteric. Um, I'm a human. What does it really mean to be human? Although maybe we should talk about that one for a second because still so many times the word human in our, in our minds is associated with brokenness, weakness. Um, like I can't even comprehend how many times I hear the word human and it's always associated with um, immediately some, some low degraded like concept you know it's almost like uh yeah it's just it's just funny you know people will talk about humanity and almost every time they're talking about uh lack brokenness um so you know some excuse almost to 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 stay stuck or something and you know humanity from the beginning when he created it it, it meant to be just like god you know, to be the, the masterpiece, you know, and I, I think we, you know, we need to change the conversation. And I believe this is, you know, we're talking about a reformation. This is what God is changing right now. Although I still see a lot of my favorite theologians that talk about Jesus and his divinity and they mean his glorious divinity. And then they talk about and his humanity. And all of a sudden they just, they just start talking about, you know, weak and struggling things and stuff. And so I, it's time for that conversation to change. Shaga, laga, 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 laga. Human does not mean weak, broken, sick, struggling, starving, dying. You know, that's never what it meant. Um, so let's erase that from our, from our minds. But let's talk about our character, uh, our identity. What, what does our identity have to do with character? Well, one of the fun things, man, to do and I encourage you, you know, if you're wanting to just soak in your identity sometime, is take 1 Corinthians 13. Ooh, and I know some of you have already done this before, but take 1 Corinthians 13 and just put your name in there where it says love, you know, because we all know it's ultimately Abba, Jesus, and Holy Spirit that they're talking about here. But this is what we've been grafted into. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8, love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Woo! Put your name in there. You know, Matt Spinks is patient. 
and kind. Whoa. Matt Spinks does not envy or boast. Matt is not arrogant or rude. Matt does not insist on his own way. Matt is not irritable or resentful. Matt does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Matt bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Matt never ends. <laughs> Just knowing that this, this character has been infused into you in your new creation identity. Now, this doesn't mean you're the source of that. Thank God. You know, we could talk about humanity as well. You know, in fact, we should do that in a minute, kind of talking about divinity and humanity. Maybe the differences, though they are one. We can talk about that in a minute. A lot of it has to do with us not being the source. Um, but just in these character words, you know, it's just amazing. I want you to, to allow the gospel to take your thoughts captive Stop saying things about yourself that aren't true. The truth sets you free. Um, you are patient. You are kind. This is a part of our identity. You do not envy. Not, not really within yourself. You may have struggled with that because you believed a lie, but that was not true about your core, about your essence, about your nature, about your identity. Um, you are not arrogant. You're not. It's the truth about you. Um, you do not insist on your own way. You are not irritable. Whoa, whoa. Now, I, it's just so funny how little we believe this sometimes. Ugh, I can tell you guys that the juicy fruit comes when we refuse to entertain anything else about ourselves than this stuff. I'm just reading from 1 Corinthians 13. Allowing these things to identify us. The old is gone. The new has actually come. You know, you do not rejoice at wrongdoing. You rejoice with the truth. You you bear all things. You believe all things. You hope all things. You endure all things. You are patient. You are kind. Um, I love I love what Paul says. Let's look at another one here. Um, Philippians two verses one to nine. Shing and a ding and a ding and a ding 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 ding. This is talking about Jesus, but also. Paul speaks to us in such a way because he knows who we are, calling us to this same type of Christ life. He says, um, Philippians 2 verse 1, If there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being, being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind doing nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility. Now here's, this is the essence of who we are, guys, in our character. We are just like Jesus in humility, considering others more significant than ourselves. Um, we don't look only to our own interests, but we look to the interests of others. We have this mind among ourselves, which is ours in Christ Jesus, it says. I mean, that's powerful. That's powerful. This is in you. This mind is, is in you. That which is ours in Christ Jesus says, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form, humbling himself, but being obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has exalted him, bestowed on him the name that is above every name. This same kind of other giving, other centered, pouring out our life love 
is our character identity now. This is the, the nature of our character to be just like Jesus, to say that we are like Christ. Um, oh, isn't it sad that Christian life has been associated with, you know, loud, you know, arrogant Western, you know, Americans or whatever, some, so many times. Not saying that there's anything wrong with being an American or whatever, but there's just so many times this loud, like forceful, well, we're going to throw Christianity down people's throat rather than this Christ that lays life down. Like this is the, this is where the whack is too, isn't it? It's like when we begin to actually just fall in love with people to, to care for them so much that we're, and I, I think this is a big difference when we become secure in our identity. It's like the more we awaken to the truth of who we are in Christ, we just find ourselves, the more we're secure in that, and we feel, you know, we've felt his love for us as our as being a beloved son and daughter. When you know that you're a beloved son and daughter, and you're already, you're filled with love. You're You're not trying to get your love bank filled by all these other people and what they need to do for you, what they need to, to do to make you feel loved. You're feeling the love of in union with the Father. All of a sudden, we're enabled and empowered to become uh, givers. To you know, we you are generous. You are so generous, and when you know who you are, you know, you're so generous in Christ. Shaka laga laga laga. Isn't it good news? Uh, as we become secure, resting in this identity, resting in the whack, resting in the whack of being one, in the whack of our oneness, you know, knowing that you're not the source. In fact, let's talk about that for a minute. But um, then you become empowered to be a giver, just like Jesus, who, you know, John 13, 3 says, Jesus, knowing who he was, was able to wash their feet and go to the cross. You know, when you know who you are, you can wash feet all day long, just be hammered because you have a supply that never runs dry from it within your belly of endless love. Now, this is where I I, want to get in for a second into something that I think... uh, you know, a lot of our, when you get real excited about Jesus and you start to discover who you are, you realize that you are royalty, that you are, you are a king, you're a queen. In fact, you are, you, you are divine in a sense because of Jesus. You, you're participating in his divine nature. You know, you find some, you know, spirit filled, Holy Ghost, excited Christians that they almost become these big men and women of God. Like, look how big I am, you know? And, uh, but what, we don't realize is there's also a glory. So here's the glory of being human. I want to talk about the glory of being human in our identity as well. So a lot of times we get excited when we first discover that we are partakers of the divine nature to the point where we can almost get thrown off balance. And a lot of you guys have seen friends that get too caught up in our divinity, divinity, divinity all the time. And all of a sudden they're saying, I am, I'm God. I am God. You know, I am Jesus. Um, But we forget that we are also human and there's a lot of glory on being human. We're also created. There's glory on being created. 
Because if you are the creator, if you are source, if you are I am, that's a lot of friggin' work. You are, you, I mean, you got to sustain the universe. You, that means you have to uphold all things. You know, I'm, I'm thankful that these atoms here in this room, the you know, molecules are not being held together by me. You know, I'm not saving the world. And anybody who says that they think they are, they're deluded. It's a lot of, it's way more, way above your pay grade. It's way, it's too much for you. It's lofty for you. There are some things that are above your pay grade. There's a glory in being human, guys. Um, and I think, here's what it means to be human, right? It's not about being weak, broken, you know, uh, some less than thing. But I think here, here's what it, to me, the, one of the, the glories of the essence of being human is that we are receptacles or we are receivers. Um, we get to be the trophy bride. The, this is why rest, though you are a mighty man and woman of God, your primary, primary identity is still to rest, is still as um, a receiver uh, to be led by the good shepherd, to be led by Holy Spirit, um, you, you were not created to be the source of all things, to be the the one, you know, keeping this all the universes spinning. You know, you were created to be the receptacle of grace. To be, it says uh, in Ephesians two that in all the ages to come, that he, that He might shower His grace and kindness on you in Christ Jesus. And so, what does it mean to be human? I think a lot of it is to just to know that you are a receiver. We're reflecting the glory of the Lord as in a mirror, but we're not sustaining all that. And that's actually amazing. You get to ride the ride. You're not the one having to make the ride work. You know, you get to enjoy all the fruits. You're not the one that's making them pop. Um, Papa makes it pop. So thank you, Lord. And I think, Dude, I don't know if we realize just what a pleasure and what a joy it is to be human. And you find that too, you know, when someone, you know, as humans, we're going to channel whatever we're drinking from, you know, and that's why, you know, you know, if people are, are being impacted by the world, they start to release worldly atmospheres. If you're um, drinking from Abba, Jesus and Holy Spirit, you release that because you were created as a human to be a receptacle to be a receiver, um, and then yes, you give, but in a secondary way. Your primary role as a human, Ooh, the primary glory of humanity, is to be loved, and then to love is to to be the one that gets showered the affection, or just to channel whatever it is that uh, that's put in us. And that doesn't mean that sometimes you know the Lord doesn't let us lead the dance. Uh, but he is ultimately the leader. He is the Lord. You may be a Lord, you may be a king, but he's the king of kings. Our kingship, our lordship is always in a secondary way. And so I think that's huge to know about our identity. Um, and as we remember that that's the glory of being human, uh, it keeps us in the flow so many times. Because as soon as you try to be the initiator of the flow, you know, Jesus said this so many times. In fact, I encourage you to do a study in the book of John where Jesus said, as the son of man, I can do nothing of my own initiative. He said that so many times. And yet we forget that in our in our arrogance or even just in our uh, fear sometimes. 
we think, I got to make it happen. I got to make it happen. Remember, the glory of your identity is that just being human means you're not the one that makes it happen. Whoa. I am a channel. I am a vessel of honor. I am, We have these this treasure, we have this massive treasure in our jars of clay, which the clay is dependent upon the potter, you know. So, mm. in contemplating our humanity, you know, it's funny. Uh, people just, they so quickly want to talk about, you know, he, I'm only human, I'm broken, I'm weak, um, whatever. But no, it doesn't mean you're weak and broken, but you're just, you are a receiver. You are a uh, a channel you are a reflector uh, you get to you're a manifester but you're not the initiator and i think that's so much of the glory of being human holy glory so yeah there's so much i don't what what else do you guys see in our identity what are some of your favorite parts of our identity in christ maybe type it in the comments there um we're just going to wrap this up a little bit. Um, and, or if there's any questions, we might have a couple minutes here. I always try to end before our prayer parties start at 10 p.m. So we got about 10 minutes left. But um, isn't it amazing? Isn't it so fun that we, like who we actually are, you know, isn't it incredible? Like what he's made us to be, Um you know, as we're kind of winding down, feel free to type whatever you want to into questions or comments. But um, I like to always ask, you know, I always try to start the beginning and end of my messages. With, What's the point of all this? Um, again, what is the point of knowing our identity? What are some of the, the main things I want us to like get? And I feel like Holy Spirit's highlighting uh, is, is that we would be secure in this because... Uh, Becoming, trying to become always produces fake fruit. Comparisons, you know, insecurities or when we get back on the hamster wheel either of rebellion or religion um, and we're trying to become something greater. And isn't it, I mean, it's almost like from the moment you wake up a lot of times, guys, like, you, you know, there's voices telling you, you need to become something great today. What are you going to do? And the place to start from is this identity. If you can wake up every morning and instead of trying to become something great, know that it doesn't matter what happens, you are something great. Like you are freaking the masterpiece of God now. Woo. Um, dude, that's where the fruit flows. That's where genuine fruit flows. And people feel that around you. You know, when you know that you are love, when you know that you are. Uh, all that is in Christ is actually in you, regardless of your willpower and efforts today. Dude, you just exude peace and joy. Whoa, the joy flows when you know who you are in Christ. It's so happy when you know that you lack nothing, that nothing can add or take away from the glory of being God's masterpiece today just by existing. Um, man. Uh, talk about fruit that can happen, you know. So, <laughs> so many drunk comments coming in from you guys. Love it. Let's see. Audrey says, Christ was Abraham's prophesied seed. God did the deed. <laughs> I'm going to have to read all that later. Just drunk in your like Dr. Seuss over here. <laughs> oh, man. 
I just I just pray for us that we would, you know, really tangibly experience the magnitude tonight and over these next few, you know, million years, the magnitude of who we already are because of Abba Jesus and Holy Spirit, because of Jesus, the person and work of Christ, that we are in him, that what he did brought a new creation that cannot be added to or taken away from, and that that would produce just massive fruit as we rest secure. You know, everything that you thought you were going to be in heaven someday, you already are that now because it's done and you're in Christ. We're not waiting for a glorious day after death to become an amazing saint. The Bible speaks of you as holy ones, of saint, as saints now. To be holy means far above anything we could have imagined, you know. So I'm just believing that our insecurities will become less and less. We're just going to rest. We are going to rest, guys, uh, knowing the glory of what he's put in us as uh, those who behold in a mirror. You know, let me just read First John 3 again. Uh, Dear children of mine, have you realized here and now we are God's children? We don't know what we shall become in the future, but we only know that if reality were to break through, we would reflect his likeness. Lord, let reality break through in each one of us as we know the, the kings, queens, children, the bride, the sons and daughters oh, that we are. And that this truth would set us free. Shaka, laga, laga, laga. Ooh, just take a moment. Feel it within you. Feel the perfect love of God in your being now. Mm, you're not trying to become more loving. You are loving. It's part of your identity. We're not trying to become more joyful. Oh, you are joyful now. You are joyful. You're not trying to become more patient. You're not trying to become more gentle. You are. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I believe that this message is going to continue to empower us to actually live like Jesus, guys, because you are like Jesus. You are not broken. You are not sick. You are not addicted. You are not flawed. You're not lacking in any area. So go and live that way. Um, love you guys. We got some fun stuff coming up. If you want to sow into our ministry tonight, if you're blessed by this, you want to see this message continue to go around the world, would you go to thefirehouseprojects.com and uh, maybe become a monthly partner or sow a, sow a shig tonight in the glory? Maybe just a one-time gift. We are going to Nepal in less than two weeks. We're going to take, uh, I've just purchased some items today. We're taking clothes. We're taking some tools over. We run a children's home over there. Because it's just in our heart because we're like Jesus to do stuff like that. Um, if you want to partner with any of that stuff or just to see this message continue to go around the world, uh, go to thefirehouseprojects.com, thefirehouseprojects.com, and click donate or uh, become a monthly partner. And we'll just close with that. We are going to go over and have our prayer party like we do every night at 10 p.m. Eastern at uh, prayerparties.org. You can find the link. My beloved wife is going to lead us in some prayer tonight. Shing ding ding. Katie Spinks will be on there in just a minute. You can go to prayerparties.org 
and join us to pray, to enjoy these new creation realities, to enjoy your identity in Christ. Uh, until next time, love you guys. Thanks again. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Firehouse Chronicles with Matt and Katie Spinks. Check out all of the events and other grace and glory resources we've been inspired to host at thefirehouseprojects.com. There's so much brewing right now. Also, Matt and Katie do ministry full-time with the support of partners like you. So if you're blessed by our ministry, would you consider becoming a monthly partner or making a one-time donation at thefirehouseprojects.com donate. The more partnership we have, the more resources and nations we get to reach with this glorious good news. So thank you so much. Cheers, deep drinks, and until next time.